What's up, everyone? Back here with Beyond the Basics, Diego here, and I got Nick on the line. What's going on, guys? We're here starting something new. It's a Celtics miniseries, and I know we'll have an, a, another miniseries, too. I know Nick wants to do a Red Sox one, so we'll get both of those up coming soon. Um, well, we're doing the Celtics one right now. This is going to be a Celtics preview, I guess, for their before their game tomorrow against the Bucks at six thirty. What do you think about that matchup, Nick? Um, I'm not gonna lie. I I think this will be a tough game, and I because I want to say that the code, like this whole pandemic thing, has kind of leveled the playing field. But at the end of the day, the Bucks still have Giannis, mm-hmm. and you know, I, he's still um. The, the virus didn't make him shrink, so I think that's still <laughs> pretty solid. And the Celtics' uh, forwards and bigs didn't get any better, so. Yeah, no, yeah. In terms of additions, not like skill, but like additions and stuff. Yeah. Or taller, mind you, so. That, yeah, unless that, they, that is. Unless they, unless they bring up Taco. They bring up Taco, <laughs> it changes everything. I well, I. I... Hopefully they do bring up Taco because I I know he did well when he had when he was playing in the scrimmage so I don't know if they are bringing him up but you are right with Giannis is still the Greek freak there's no changing that like you said it, he didn't get shorter and I'm pretty sure he's been working on his craft ever since this hiatus so and the Celtics haven't grown they don't have any big forwards or centers the only person that really can match up against him height wise is probably Ennis Cantor but Ennis Cantor I don't think would be able to he ain't the best it. defender yeah no he's not the best he's not the best perim- perimeter defender we'll say that let alone even how iffy he is in the post so I don't see him having to be able to stay with him the whole entire game and and it was kind of interesting seeing when they were facing them in the postseason, the Celtics, how they kind of defended him on the fast break. They'd literally create a wall. It was like a four-man wall. Whenever he'd come down on the fast break, they'd make a formation before going back to their players. And I'm just wondering if they'll do that again because I don't want to see how they're going to be able to stop the Greek freak. Yeah. But I mean, it also doesn't help that he moves and plays almost guard like. Like he's a way more well, yeah, he's a way more athletic like Russell Westbrook type player. Like Yeah. He plays yeah. well, he's obviously big, but he plays guard ish. Like does he have the handles of Kyrie Irving, the shooting of Steph Curry? No, but he has like the ability to He has the ability to do out guards and yeah, and if like with a layup or something, if he needs to. Yeah, yeah, like he's a center that plays point guard. That if he if he wanted to. Yeah, and the with the whole hi- hiatus and everyone coming back, I, everyone's having a restart. Um, I do hope it's better for the Celtics because I know when the season was going on, the last couple of games. 
they were struggling. So I'm hoping this kind of takes that away and they can come out strong in the game. It, like you said, it is going to be a tough game, but I'm, I'll pull for the Celtics, I guess. Um, Cause I do want them to win, obviously being a Celtics fan, a huge Celtics fan, but I'm trying to be practical too and see if they can pull it off with, cause the Bucks, they don't just have the Greek freak. They have a good supporting cast around them too with Chris Middleton and they still have Bledsoe, right? Eric Bledsoe. Yes, I'm pretty sure they do. And Pat Pat Connaughton. And I know Pat Connaughton, I think he's kind of underrated just because. But he he showed it last uh, last season in the postseason. He, he would hurt the Celtics when we focused too much on Giannis. So he has yeah. a good supporting cast around him. So. But Jason Tatum has been being a beast. And I know before the hiatus, when the season was going on, I heard the last, like, three or five games, he was scoring 30 points regularly. And he scored 40 points against the Lakers at the Lakers stadium. So, yeah. It'll definitely be interesting to see the game tomorrow. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to give it to the Bucks just because I, I, I think ultimately the Celtics still have to build more chemistry because of COVID, obviously. And I think, and I mean, it's the same thing for the Bucks. Obviously, it's the same thing for every NBA team. But I, I just think because of that, the Giannis factor is going to stick out, and it's, I think that's going to be the difference. Mm. Now, if Giannis has an awful game, then it easily could go to the Celtics. Because then you're relying on that chemistry that hasn't been there yeah. on the Bucks, which easily could be said for the Celtics too. But I, I would give that more to the Celtics than I would to the Bucks. So it it really depends on how well Giannis plays, and I, I highly doubt he's going to be awful. But again, who knows? Yeah, and I know the lineups aren't out yet, but I'm just going to be guessing on the Celtics lineup because. We also have Walker not being able to honestly start probably because he's still going on with his knee. I know he had – Is he officially not starting tomorrow? I don't think so because in the scrimmages, he had minute restrictions. He played nine minutes in the first scrimmage, and I don't think he ever played again after that. The Celtics are kind of really bringing him in slowly. I mean, he has, he's been feeling good and he's been practicing every other day, apparently. But so, and in the scrimmage, he had like minutes restrictions. So I want, I'm wondering if Brad Stevens will do the same or if he'll have him start for the, se- the season actually starting now. Because if, yeah. if not, if not, then that's a whole different story, too. Yeah. I mean, let's see. So, I mean, if Kemba doesn't play, 
theoretically you're gonna start smart brown. Yeah. Hayward. I'm gonna guess Hayward. Tatum yeah, Hayward, Tatum and and I probably, probably Cantor or Williams. Yeah. Cantor maybe Williams. Daniel Dan, maybe Daniel Tice. Yeah. Um so and I I love Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart is probably my favorite player on that team. Yeah. And I, and I think the Celtics young um guard depth is almost slept on cuz I mean Carson Edwards can ball. Yeah, he can. I mean, he had that huge dunk on Harden and Westbrook in the scrimmage. Yeah. And he's and, five five eleven, dunking on them. I, I, I think this is going to be um, the him Romeo Langford. I think Grant Williams might get more time, and Robert Williams real time to shine. It is. I was gonna um, bring that up actually because if I don't know if you know if you knew this, but when they faced the Rockets, that scrimmage. None of the starters were playing. That was all of the young guys and all of the bench guys that were playing. Mm-hmm. I mean, they lost 137 to 112, but everyone kind of had a good showing. Mm-hmm. The best player out there that was playing was Grant Williams, and he showed that he can ball out. And so he'll probably get a lot more minutes even going into this into this season and the postseason starting on August 17th. He'll actually have probably a good amount of time to play. And so yeah, and I think you also shouldn't forget about Tremont Waters and Taco Fall, who were two of the G League's entire, like, best players. Yeah. Which is, I mean, it might sound not that impressive, but, I mean, that they were two of the some of the top players in there in that entire system, and I, I, it would be unwise to forget about them if they are put on the roster. I, I don't know the entirety of the rules and how the Celtics are going to build their roster with the COVID thing, but yeah, I don't, I don't think know anyone's opted out yet either. So no, no one has it. So I don't know. I, I don't think they're they are on the roster. I don't know, but. They shouldn't definitely not be forgotten. And even for next season, they should be, you know, probably on the roster and make I a think difference. Taco Fall makes the roster next season. I think, honestly, I probably think both do. If not, maybe Taco before mm-hmm. Fremont, just because, but honestly, in my, my personal opinion, I think he does just because of all the hype and his height that he mm-hmm. gets from the fans and everything. Yeah. Because skill-wise, I'd probably personally take Draymond Waters over Taco Fall. But I, I think you got to look at injuries, too, because if Kemba stays hurt, then I think they might have to call it Draymond Waters. Yeah. Um, so the lineup will probably be – it's going to be – up in the air for the game if the depending on which lineup i i want to know is how is definitely how i think i'll see how they play so if 
just because Kemba does make a big difference. And like I said, I love Marcus Smart, but Marcus Smart isn't Kemba. And so we'll see. I don't know. I'm just going to be pulling for the Celtics no matter what, obviously. Um, but I guess also they're Brad Stevens is kind of taking it slow. Like he said, he obviously all of these seeding games are important for for everyone, and it's important for them too because they are three games behind the Raptors. They're in, in the second second in the East, so and they're three behind three games behind the Raptors, but even they're still in the in the in the playoffs. So. Oh, yeah. I think they've clinched it. Yeah. They're still in for August 17th. So, Brad Stevens, yes, he's worried about these seeding games, but he's also made a reference to where he's more worried coming time for for the postseason to have everyone ready for that. Yeah. Because we're – so, we're nine and a half back from the one seed in Milwaukee, obviously. Yeah. Toronto's six and a half back. And well, and so we're three behind Toronto. Now yeah. we're also three, two and a half ahead of Miami. So that could maybe prompt maybe a half and half kind of approach. Yeah, depending on the how well Miami plays, you know. Yeah, in terms of using people, because like if he because. After that, Indiana is only two behind them. So theoretically, if we were to if we were to lose out, because I think it's eight games before the playoffs, right? Yes. So if we were to lose all eight games and every other team were to um, win out per se, theoretically speaking, obviously, yeah, we would drop to the six seed at the lowest. Yeah. So there you go. No matter what and we're that, in. Yeah. So with with that, uh, that's I think also now that brings a, a big factor for Kemba. How mm-hmm. is Brad Stevens gonna like work him out in these seeding games in order that he's healthy enough to maybe full out play for the postseason? Yeah. Well, because say we drop to the six seed, that puts us at. Um, I think that puts us playing against. One, two. That would put us right now at Miami or Indiana, assuming that they would move up as we move down. Mm-hmm. But um, I I would be okay playing at Miami. I don't know, and, and without Victor Oladipo, I'm good with playing at Indiana. Yeah. However, I do not want to play at Philly at all. Uh, yeah, I, I think we could beat them in a series, but I feel like home field advantage or home court more so would really be the difference maker. Well, I mean, no one kind of has to worry about home court advantage. That That is true. A little dumb moment. 
<laughs> no one would really have to worry about home court advantage. But I do oh, understand. Sure. I do understand your point because there is with Philly, there is some that type of rivalry point between yeah. the two. I wouldn't want to play that, Philly at all. But like in yeah. a normal situation, I wouldn't have like in terms of seating, we would be at Philly had there be a home. Yeah. To go to theoretically, and I probably I probably wouldn't want that either because it it's been shown that when we're over there we struggle against them. So, but now that being said, will this neutrality affect certain teams? Like, does this? Because I mean, the Celtics are played very well at the Garden, obviously, but like they're one of the teams where it's really hard to beat them, even if you're a good team at the Garden if they're having a good night. Yeah. So is that neutrality going to affect them in a negative way almost more so than it would in a positive way? Yeah. And I wonder about that for all like all of these teams, a lot of them go they feed off of just that energy to make mm-hmm. those highlight plays, to make those like just yeah. adrenaline run type of play, you know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. It's going to be interesting to see, especially the Celtics, because how they work, they are so explosive whenever it comes to adrenaline and getting that environment feeling. So to to see how they'll play without that, and I I, I guess they kind of had that with the scrimmages, but It's going to be different when now it counts. Yeah. Well, I mean, you also think, like, the Lakers don't get to play in the Staples Arena. Yeah. You don't have... Celtics aren't playing in TD Garden, so, like... Yeah. It'll be, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see if that plays more of a factor. And I think it will. The whole NBA season. But I, think... I, I definitely think it could affect the Celtics. Yeah, it could. Um, but I mean, I, I what I've seen from the Celtics players, and it, I, some of them are having fun, because I, Jason Tatum's out, and Brad Stevens, I guess I've heard too, is they're out and about playing golf in this in Disney World a lot. Uh, I saw an interesting video where Taco Falls was recording Ennis Cantor and Marcus Smart racing each other in the pool swimming mm-hmm. <laughs> so obviously it's funny seeing them like that and I feel like this will help them too because that's chemistry building right there you know yeah so hopefully it does bring out better play I guess for everyone knowing how everyone is feeling good around each other there's no it doesn't seem like there's any like negativity in the locker room and mm-hmm. and Brad Stevens has said it when he was talking about taking things slow he was talking about how he's taking it slow also because for the players so that they can be feeling good yes they're out and about playing basketball but he said like they also have like 21 other hours of just being in a hotel so he wants to to make things fun for them, you know, where they they can be together and and have a good time. 
and it's funny that because that kind of reminds me of when um Doc Rivers brought the Celtics to uh Rome when they won the 2008 championship like in the preseason before they won the championship and they they had to really like be feeling good around each other because they didn't have their cell phones they couldn't ring their cell phones they had to communicate with each other personally and cuz like there was some rift going on at that time with the mm-hmm. with the players so it was good for them and this kind of reminds me that like everyone being or in Orlando kind of those Celtics being in Rome they were by themselves they had nothing they had no one else you know to be around just themselves so it kind of reminds me of this too with Orlando and Orlando just being enclosed and just being with the, everyone else and being with themselves, their teammates, and it brings about a good locker room, I guess. Yeah. There's definitely positives and negatives to the whole practice, what, like, methods, training methods, and yeah. the neutrality of COVID, you know, yeah. lack of fans and all that, but it'll be interesting. And, you know, I, I you got to give credit to all these players who can work through it, um, train throughout all the lockdown hours, you know, stay in shape, stay in tone with their skills and stuff, you know, and not get – because it's very easy to get down or, like, you know, like I just get stuck in the flow when your flow is wake up, look out the window, you, you can't really leave and same thing for, like, five months, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But um, It'll be interesting. So, I pulled up the schedule for the Celtics, and these are the eight games that they're playing before playoffs. Mm-hmm. So, they play against Milwaukee tomorrow. Then they play against Portland, Miami, Brooklyn, Toronto, Orlando, Memphis, and Washington. Okay. So, based on that, I can see them winning five out of the eight games. I was thinking around. Be I was thinking around Washington, Memphis, Orlando, Miami, and Portland. I just, I don't know how tomorrow is going to go with the Bucks. Yeah, I just I don't know if Brooklyn and then Toronto, those are two very tough games. You know, those are probably going to be the toughest games out of all of those. Yeah. Um. That and obviously it's going to be even tougher when it goes into the postseason. Yeah, and it's going to be also down to that how our our bench plays, and yeah. I I feel like. Brad Stevens is going to want to get in these seeding games, get them to play a lot more and get that feel in the seeding game. So that way, mm-hmm. when it comes to postseason, because we're eventually going to have to rely on the bench. Oh, yeah. Point. Which is why I think your point earlier about um, the young guys playing more and like, especially with Kemba's injury and stuff. Yeah. Could be a factor because you get the more time now when it won't kill you to lose most games 
Yeah. So when you have to win games, they're ready, you know. Yeah. But and I mean, I I trust Brad Stevens as a coach. I think. Oh yeah. He's definitely proven that he knows what he's doing. So. Yeah. I I don't have a lot of doubts in Brad Stevens, obviously. And I also read with Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown's been improving his dribbling skills, I guess. We all know how Kemba gets can get himself open. We all know that Jason Tatum can get himself open. But earlier when like Jalen Brown was coming out of the draft and started playing with the Celtics a little bit, he it, he did have that, but you you wouldn't depend on him for that. You know what I mean? Like those one-on-one situations mm-hmm. to get open, you wouldn't really depend him depend on him for that. And it, well, he wasn't a shooter when he first came out of the draft. No, he wasn't. Uh, that I, I remember that. Yeah. So, so with that, so that's even more. So, but he's been improving that, I guess, because I read a thing where he was doing a film study with someone and. He's been improving his dribbling situations where now it's going to come like it's coming second nature to him. It was an instinct type of thing where he made this dribble move to get him open. And and I have seen some games like highlight games where he he did do it in the season before COVID happened, where he would put people on skates. You could I guess you can say and he would get open and he would be able to knock those shots down. And I feel like that's going to be huge now in, with these seeding games and in the postseason coming up because Jason Tatum won't be able to do that alone. Mm-hmm. And Kemba, with him, however his knee is doing, you know, he's not always going to be there. So who else are we going to be able to rely on people getting their shots open? Yeah. And maybe now getting – now that will make – be able to get other people open that draws defense towards him and gets other people open where now he can either pass it to Jason Tatum or Gordon Hayward to knock down those shots. This is where we miss Al Horford. Completely. <laughs> Which is why I hate Philly more than I ever have. Yeah. Because Kemba, the pairing that could have been Kemba Walker. Walker with Walker Al, and, Al um, Al Horford would have been unstoppable because you run that the pick and roll. Been... Oh and my you have God. Kemba, you have pick, Kemba pick and roll going or on in. Oh my God. Like to do the pick and roll or the pick and pop, that would have been amazing. Well, yeah, because you got Kemba who can go in. And then obviously Al Horford's, he's such a smart player that he can, he could almost change it to a pick and pop or a pick and roll whenever. Yeah. Whenever he pleases because. He's just so knowledgeable about the game and gameplay IQ that he can read it and just he gets open and whether it's a two, a short two or a deep two or a deep three even, he yeah. he, he can just he pops them you know and it, it's just I I you don't get that with with Ennis Cantor. No, you don't. You don't. Because as you don't as get my- it with Robbie Williams either, which isn't a no. necessarily bad thing. He just plays the game differently. Yeah. He's and, definitely an inside grinder, which isn't a bad thing, because I definitely think we need one of those. Yeah, yeah, we do. But now we don't have a, like, playmaking big 
like Al Horford. Yeah, you could argue on it. Uh, Ennis Cantor kind of is, but no, definitely like, not to the extent that Al Horford was. And I, I mean, I love that we got. I I like that we got Ennis Cantor because he added because we lost the height with Al Horford leaving, obviously. Oh yeah, and even definitely. and even still, Al Horford wasn't that center type. He was more for the power forward. Mm-hmm. And I like that we got the height with Ennis Cantor, but like you were said, Ennis Cantor isn't Al Horford in that sense. Because mm-hmm. if we were able to have that with Kemba Walker, Al Horford, with Ennis Cantor and Kemba Walker doing a pick and roll or something like that, I still Ennis Cantor still I still see him being slow for the pick and roll, and. I don't know if he'll be able to maybe draw that defense towards him to either keep make Kemba open or be able to successfully run the pick and roll because I don't I don't trust I don't trust them doing a pick and pop with Ennis Cantor, obviously because Ennis Cantor cannot shoot that well. But pick and roll it could have maybe worked, but I still see Ennis Cantor being slow on that. And his agility to maybe work around the defense to make the layup because that's draw that'll draw two people on him. I don't know if he would be able to do that. Mm-hmm. But with what can what Ennis Cantor can bring for us, I guess, is that post play that we can feed to him. And I mean, he's a pretty good rebounder. So, and we oh we were always lacking in that was the rebounds last season. So he brings that about this season with now we got Robert Williams too. So. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see how the lineups and stuff plays out in terms of gameplay. Because again, a, a lot of it to your point rides on Kemba's knee. Yeah. Because it's a totally different game if, he plays, it's a totally different game. If Marcus Smart's the point, it's a totally different game. If Jalen Brown's the point, it's a totally different game. If you have Romeo Langford and um, Trey Mount Waters or um, Carson Edwards. Carson Edwards out there, you know. Yeah. Because those are two very – both of them are on the shorter end, so you definitely – it, again, it, it's just it's changing the gameplay, and you know I think that might be something that again you see a lot more of in terms of shifting game time than more of like a normal setup because of the injury that came up, but also just to get used to the shift in gameplay and stuff with different lineups, kind of like we saw I think at the beginning of this season, you know, with everything that happened. Well, yeah. Obviously, before COVID, just like all the different lineups we tried, you know. Yeah. With moving Hayward and Tatum between, um, small forward, power forward power. positions, and even I think yeah. Tatum, I think played a little bit of shooting guard even sometimes. And with this, it's going to be a big factor because because of the season being shorter, obviously, and there's only going to be like eight seeding games. It depends on how much our top players like. Jalen Brown, like Jason Tatum, Gordon Hayward, how much they're going to be playing in those games. Like, how much is Brad Stevens willing to keep them on the floor, risking injury, risking, you know, mm-hmm. 
just how much is he going to keep them in there in these, especially in these seeding games? Yeah, where he wants to save them for the playoffs. That's going to be another big factor, I think. And like we were talking before, that brings about that roster depth and how they're going to be able to handle that. Very true. I mean, I I don't think we're that bad either. If we were able to score 112 points against the Rockets, I mean, that's, I would take that. Yeah. As much as we lost pretty bad to them, if we were still able to score 112 on them. So I think that's a positive. Yeah. But I guess we'll see. Tomorrow, how it goes with the game, I'll definitely, if I can't watch it, I'll definitely be listening to it on the radio or something. And uh, I'll pay attention to that. And I'll probably see if I can maybe do an episode or so after, probably the, the day after, talk about it a little bit. Um, thanks for listening, I guess, for this Celtics miniseries. I'm try, I'll try and keep it up as much as I can with games and maybe previews of games and everything throughout this bubble season. Uh, I want to thank Nick for joining on me. Thanks for having me, man. And, you know, we may not have for these mini series, whether it's we talking about our local teams, whatever, we may not have an update for every single game. Yeah, no, we won't. Podcast listen to. That's not realistic, you know. No, it's not. Check out our Instagram, Beyond the Basic Sports. We'll we'll yes. have stuff every day about updates, scores, yeah, episodes, mini series, and stuff. The whole whole shebang, whole nine yards. So, go check it out. Thanks for listening. Peace out, guys.